Welcome to Catch the Fire London's podcast. We pray that you will be radically transformed as you listen to this message. And Father, just release the fire you released on me earlier onto him, onto Stu. A hundredfold, Lord. Just release it right now and speak through him. Speak through him. Let it be just as Jesus was speaking the Father's words. Let Stu, let speak through Stu, Father. Fill him now in Jesus' name. More of you on Stu. More of you on him. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, good afternoon. Everyone's looking at their phones. It is just the afternoon. Um, well, Happy New Year and welcome to those of you who are new or those of you who are nearly new. Um, there's a few new people in. I was saying it's very, very appropriate to ask questions if you're new. It's also appropriate to ask questions if you're not new because when God touches someone, you should have questions. If you don't have questions, then you aren't thinking. And the Bible quite clearly says you should be thinking. Therefore, ask the questions. Ask them of each other. Ask them of God. Ask them of us. But ask the questions. It's really important that we grow together. A few weeks ago, um, we had a song that some people didn't like, or one person didn't like, because it may be seen, it was a carol about Mary, and it may be seen that we were talking to a dead person, because in one of a few of the verses, it talks about us talking to Mary. And we're not allowed to talk to Mary, because the Bible Bible says that you shouldn't talk to dead people. The only dead person you're allowed to speak to is Jesus. And the reason that that's allowed is because he's no longer dead. Everyone else? Off limits. And so is that song okay? And so I stood up and I said, we need to grow up as a congregation. We need to grow up as a body of Christ. And some of you are really new Christians. And some of you have been Christians for like hundreds of years. But all of us need to mature from where we are so that we can walk in the glory and the power for which he has died for us to receive that glory and power as an inheritance. And so I know that we all need to grow up. We all need to mature. We all need to take steps further into Jesus and further into who he's called us to be because the Bible says we will heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and preach the gospel all over the earth. And I would have read about you in the newspapers if that was you. Therefore, we've all got some places to go to, correct? And that's not a condemnation for you not having raised the dead too many times. I'm just saying we've all got somewhere to go in our maturity because if you didn't have anywhere to go, you'd be God. You're not. So, we're growing up. And my iPad is switching off. Okay, so one of the things, before I get to my preach, Dwayne took us into a place where we were like, show us your face, God. Show us your face. We want to see your glory. We want to see your glory. And just as a growing up, a teaching moment, I would love for us all when someone who is anointed is leading into a moment, uh, we went to a conference yesterday, one of the favorite phrases of the conference was, this is not a spectator event. 
We are all called to step into those moments. And I want to invite you as a congregation, and for everyone who's at home, I want to invite you as well, that when Chloe or Dwayne or Dan or Ash or Michael or Rita or any one of the leaders, Tanya, comes to the front, and if they're in a moment, I want to invite you to not spectate that moment, but to step into that moment, because something is happening in a spirit realm that is touching earth. And there's two reasons why you should step forward. One, you're commanded to grow in the kingdom. But secondly, you're really dozy if you miss out on stuff like that. Because I don't know about you, but I became a Christian because of this, because the truth of the resurrection. I'm not saying I had a spiritual encounter. I did research Literally, scientific research into what happened to the body of Jesus. That's how I became a Christian. And I was gutted when I became a Christian because I didn't want to be a Christian because I'd met Christians and I considered them all really weird or boring. Or both. There were three camps. Weird, boring, weird and boring. And I didn't want to, but I signed up to this whole life in Christ because it was true. But I made a deal with God. If this is true, I'm having all of it. And I'm not staying where I'm at. I'm not staying. I'm not satisfied with... Chloe and I have had the privilege of being used by God and being just in the same room, sometimes in the same field, sometimes in the same mud house in Kenya. But we've seen God do incredible things. We've seen him open the eyes of the blind literally over a hundred times. It's incredible. I want to see more. We've seen deaf ears open. I want to see more. We've seen paralyzed people get out of their wheelchairs in this country, one in Sheffield. We've seen limbs that were paralyzed start to move in this country and in Kenya. We've seen incredible things. I'm not satisfied with that. I'm eternally grateful for the privilege of being close enough to Jesus that I get to see extraordinary things. But he died for more than that. And so when Dwayne's on his knees, I want to invite you not to just be like, oh, that's lovely. Or, wow, what a great melody on the violin. Or whatever it may be that's sort of leading you into that place. I want to invite you to be like, something's happening. I'm in. I'm having it. It's my phrase from two years ago. I'm having it. South London. Croydon. I'm having it. And so when that happens, when anything like that happens, I want to invite you to like, give permission to a friend. Slap me if I'm still stationary and something's happening in the room. Like, give permission. You're not just allowed to go around slapping people. Uh, but I'm literally like, Chloe, if, if anything is happening in a room and you see me like wondering what I'm having for dinner or wondering if the dog's okay in the car or wondering what the rain's going to do or wondering, can you just shake me? Because if God's doing something, I want to be in it. I'm not spectating. It sounds a bit harsh. I feel a bit harsh. Is that okay? This is a command for anyone who is a believer in Christ. So I think Jesus is more harsh. He commanded it. He's not like, would you like, if you've got no better priorities, if everything's lining up and Jupiter and Mars are in the same quadrant... I'm joking, relax. I want to invite you, shake yourself, shake your friend, shake your spouse, shake your mum, shake your kids, shake everyone, to be conscious that God is doing something and hungry enough to get on board with what he's doing. 
Is that okay? I actually don't care if it's okay. I've got the microphone. But on that, I just wanted to segment into a preach I did a few years ago, um, which is about the glory and the fire. Because when we, I was on my knees, and Dwayne was on his knees, and Chloe was on her knees, and stuff was happening, and we were there, right? But there's physical, human, natural reasons why you may not want to jump into that space. And the Bible is full of examples where people saw the glory of God, and I'm thinking particularly of Exodus 3 to Exodus 20, where there's this story of Moses, Exodus 3 is Moses on the mountain, and he sees the burning bush, and he goes to the mountain, and he's like, oh, that's a bit weird, I'm going to have a look, which is okay. It's okay to be inquisitive in the kingdom. It's okay to not start with passion and fervor for the Lord. You can start with, huh, that's a bit weird. That's actually how I became a Christian. That's actually how I became a charismatic. It's actually how I live most of my life. Most, my, my first thought is, ooh, I want to go and poke that. <laughs> That'll be my finger on your back when you're on the floor doing something weird. It'll be my finger poking you. I wonder what's happening here. And so quiz, inquisitive is okay. Moses was inquisitive. He went over and said, what's happening with this bush? Why is it burning and not burning up? I won't go into the fire talks. But then... He goes to the Israelites, they come out, they see amazing stuff, the plagues, and then the, the, you know, all the Israelites get... <laughs> I saw a, a podcast the other day about someone trying to prove that the reason the Israelites were able to walk across the sea was not because God parted it and dried it, it was because it was only an inch deep. And the guy was like, which is more of a miracle? Israelites walking across that walking across a dry sea because God parted it, or the fact that God killed the whole Egyptian army in an inch of water. Like, it's just funny, incredible the way people try and... I'm a scientist. I'm a veterinary surgeon, okay? The way people try and use science to prove why the, the, the water went red. And it's just like your faith in science doing something at the command of God that causes an eternal change in a whole nation is way more than my faith in Jesus, to be honest. I said that to a guy outside something's brewing on New Year's Eve. Your faith for not believing in this is way bigger than my faith for believing in this. Like, this extra, I commend you for your level of faith in nothing. So they all come out, like, Red Sea, da-da-da. And then they're in the wilderness. And then there's a mountain. And Moses has gone from in Exodus 3, where he's like a bit inquisitive, and then he's like, I'm not worthy. I can't do this. I don't know what to do. You've picked the wrong person. And he comes out with all of these excuses in Exodus 3 as to why God, him and God can't be like this close, and God may have got it wrong, must have got it wrong. And then in Exodus 20, the mountain's on fire, okay? There's thunder, and there's lightning, and there's earthquakes. Now, in Exodus 3, the thing that scared Moses was a bush on fire, in Exodus 20, the mountain's on fire. And Moses is like, let's do it. What happened between Exodus 3, where he's scared of a bush, and Exodus 20, where he's well up for walking into a fiery mountain? Lots of interactions of knowledge and intimacy and communication and time with God. And so if you have any resistance internally to jumping into the middle of this space when people are on their knees and Falaka's doing a little dance, if there's any resistance, 
My cure for that resistance is spending time with God. Because then you will go from, I'm not sure I really like that. I'm not sure I want that. I'm not sure. I don't know. I've got lots of questions and I've got lots of fears to, let's do this. There's a prophet called Isabel Allen. And Isabel um, was praying for us in the Ark Academy, which is our previous venue. And she prayed for me. And I went down on the floor while she was praying. And that's unusual for me. Uh, Michael was demonstrating it lovely um, earlier. And um, I went down on the floor. And after, backstory, I'm a veterinary surgeon, scientist, very logical, very analytical, okay? Black and white. Ask my wife. I'm learning. There are shades and colors. (laughs) Grew up black and white. Anyway, so I'm on the floor thinking, I don't normally go on the floor. Asking God some questions. That's my recommendation. If anything happens to you, ask God questions. What's going on? Why is this happening? What do you want to say to me? What do you want to reveal to me? Is there anything I'm doing wrong? Is there anything I'm doing right? And I just have this conversation with God. After a few minutes, I realize I'm not breathing. Now, here's why I said, I'm a scientist, logical, analytical, okay? Because I have said that testimony to many people and they've gone, you were probably in a trance and breathing really gradually and slowly and deeply. You probably were breathing, but it was such a deep level because of the depth of, and I'm like, I'm a scientist. Logical, analytical, intellectual. Used to be very arrogant about my science. I know what breathing is. (laughs) Veterinary surgeon. Breath is very important. I know that because I've seen animals die because they didn't have breath. I'm on the floor. After a few minutes, I realize I'm not breathing. And then my first question is, I wonder when I stopped breathing. (laughs) Because I wasn't holding my breath. It wasn't like, go. (gasps) I stopped breathing. And I'm like, well, that's weird. I wonder when I stopped breathing. After three minutes, I timed it. I'm a veterinary surgeon. Very scientific, very logical, very analytical. (laughs) After three minutes, I made myself breathe because I freaked out because I'm a veterinary surgeon. Very logical. And I know human beings need breath. But after, I don't even know, three plus minutes, probably five minutes of not breathing, at least four minutes of not breathing, I said to God, what's the point? He said, the natural order no longer applies to you. There's always a reason for what he does. He's teaching us. He's drawing us. But the thing is, when I became a Christian in 1998, some of you were not even born, and that's very upsetting. (laughs) When I became a Christian in 1998, I became a Christian because of the logic and the science and what happened to the body of Jesus and did the Jews steal the body and did the Romans steal the body? Did the disciples steal the body? Some people believe he didn't die. Um, that in his comatose, he just went into a coma because of the cross. And then in his comatose state, he moved a giant stone and walked past an army of people. Some people actually believe that. I mean, come on, people. Sorry. If you're going to believe in something outrageous, believe in God. Don't believe in outrageous and stupid. That's just... If God had stopped me breathing for three to five minutes when I gave my life to him, you wouldn't have seen me for dust. I would never have set foot in a church. I would have rejected that because it would have been way too much for me. 
In Exodus 20, Moses is like, there's a burning mountain. Let's do this. It's got to be God. He, there's no question. There's no, uh, there's, no, there's no query. There's no kind of like fear. There's a, there's a holy fear. He knows the rules. He understands who God is. He understands the holiness of God. Dwayne at one point was moving us in the worship towards this fear of the Lord dynamic. And even in that last song, you know, Moses stood on a mountain and the Lord covered him because he could not see him and live. There's a fear of the Lord, but Moses understanding the fear of the Lord, understanding the holiness of the Lord and being freaked out by a burning bush is well up for walking into a burning mountain. Because he has spent time with God. He has intimacy with God. He has knowledge of God. The fear of God has turned in from, ah, to And I don't want us to walk past the... Every time God touches us, every time God moves in the room, every time anything happens in the kingdom of God, we shouldn't be like, yeah, of course. We should be like... People have died. Like, there's an awe. But it's not an awe that calls you to go, ah, run away. That's what happened to the rest of the Israelites. I don't know if you've read Exodus. The rest of the Israelites are like, you go up. <laughs> you go up. He's going to kill us. You go up. <laughs> Whoa, no. Sacrificial lamb, you go first. <laughs> That's what the Israelites do. The whole nation runs away. But Moses is like, fear of the Lord is not going to stop me from this moment with him. We have to have our moments with him. It's not an optional extra. And the moment with him isn't like this. This isn't. Once, oh, it's a new year, I should be on my knees. This isn't, oh, it's a Sunday, so I should be on my knees. It's not like, well, the vibe of the worship really tickled me, so I should be on my knees. This is, I live a lot of my time on my knees. Yesterday, we went to an event. There was a lot of coming and going and people moving around and all the rest of it. I was pretty much praying in tongues for eight hours. My mouth was dry. But this is a lifestyle of moments with God and intimacy with God that allows me to not be afraid when something really crazy is going on. I was saying to some of our new friends, like you're allowed to ask questions because what's happening at the front with Michael here? And even Chloe, when she's praying for Michael, whoa, what's that about? It shouldn't look like that. You're much prettier than this. It's okay to ask questions, but those questions should be so inquisitive that it draws you in. It should be that Michael's got a queue of people at the end of this service saying, what was God saying? What was God doing? What did you feel? What did you see? What did you sense? What did you hear? Like, what's going on there? We should be a family that's learning off of each other so that when we go out there where the world needs to see Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you actually understand what's going on. We had a friend once. You just say, hi, how are you doing? And he'd be like, on the floor. And you're like... I'm not even in that. I was just, I hugged someone on the way in and they went, whoa. And I thought, I'm really anointed. They were just about to drop their bottle because I hugged them too hard and they were woeing over the bottle about to hit the floor. It wasn't anointing at all. But when we're out there, we need to be in a place that's so juiced up with intimacy with God that people are asking questions and they're saying, hey, what's going on? Why are you happy when everyone else is mad? Why why are you peaceful when everyone else is stressed? What's going on with you? And you're like, well, let me tell you. There was this guy at church, right? And he was supposed to be doing the notices. 
which we thought was going to be a really boring bit of the service, and we all switch off and look at our phones, and, 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 then, it, and then he got prayed for. Like, who prays for someone when they're about to do the notices? Oh, that church is weird. Anyway, he's about to give the notices, and he ends up on the floor. And he's given a notices from the floor. That's not normal behavior. So because I'm a human being and I understand that that's not normal behavior, it's okay to say it's not normal behavior. I'm fed up with charismatics saying that's normal. It's not normal. <laughs> but just because it's not normal doesn't mean it's wrong. Yes. But because charismatics keep going, oh, yeah, it's normal. The world's going, not in my world. That's <laughs> weird. Use weird. South London. Bonkers. But because I'm a human being, I understand that that's not normal. I went up to Michael and I was like, what happened to, the, what happened to you? And Michael said, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, because the glory of God just hit me and I just hit the floor. But because I'm obedient to what God wants to do in my life, I wasn't going to resist hitting the floor just because I'm doing notices, because I've understood with my moments with God that that moment isn't something to be feared. So I went with it, I relaxed into it, and I ended up on the floor. We'll get cushions in future. You see where I'm going? Like, something may be going on in your life. You may be struggling at work. It's not bad to struggle. It's bad to struggle on your own. The reason you would struggle on your own is because you don't know God well enough. So spend those moments finding out who he is. We need the Bible, but we also need time. This is not my preach. That's not in my preach either. <laughs> the danger as we get to know God is that we will segment God because our interactions with God, the Lord, often in our culture happen to be interactions with Jesus Christ of Nazareth the Father, the Holy Spirit, or an outworking of one of the three persons in the Trinity. Now, the majority of the body of Christ only uses the word Father in the Lord's Prayer. They don't have interactions with the Father outside of that one prayer that they know of. And so the, the, there's four different ways that you can interact with God. And just ride with me a little bit because you have to relax a bit. There's God, the Lord, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and Adonai, uh, Kyrios, Yahweh. This is God, the one who we worship. He is the Lord. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings, and He is Almighty. He's omnipotent, um, um, omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. Yes, there you go. He's everywhere, he's all-knowing, and he's at all times. That, that's who he is. He is, he's very strong. <laughs> that's omnipotent, all-powerful. Okay. He's very strong, very wise. But sometimes, when we've learnt that the Lord is the Lord, we encounter Jesus and Dwayne would be a really good example of someone who has encountered Jesus. He has spent time intentionally 
Sometimes in prayer and fasting, sometimes just with spending that time, sometimes it will be in worship, sometimes it will be in the Word of God. But Dwayne would be someone I know knows Jesus. Okay? Now, Dwayne doesn't do this, but it would be really easy, and this is what happens in the body of Christ, for Dwayne to be sat with Jesus. And Chloe kind of went there in, a, in the emceeing part. To be sit with Jesus, because Jesus is everything, and the, you can prove it biblically. It's all about Jesus. Paul says, I, I choose to do nothing but preach Christ and Christ crucified. Okay? It says that in Corinthians. I, I preach nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. And so people have used that verse to say, we well, shouldn't preach about the Father. Shouldn't preach about the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul preached about the Father and the Holy Spirit. So he didn't mean exclude two-thirds of the Trinity. He meant... I preach Christ because that's the starting point of every person's journey in eternity. We have to speak about Jesus. You can't just speak. And here's what other people do. Chloe, for example, had an encounter with the Father in 2003 where she forgave her earthly father for a whole bunch of stuff. And she had, she had a disease in her body. She was epileptic. She was lactose intolerant. She had arthritis, was told she'd be in a wheelchair by the time she was 30. She had cystic ovaries and a transformed migraine, five incurable diseases. She forgave her earthly father for abuse. And within an hour, every, within an hour, she got prayer from this woman called Carol. And Carol prayed for her and said, Release, receive your healing. But that was a word of knowledge. It's a prophetic word. She didn't know that Chloe had disease. Chloe went down in the spirit, not an important piece, but she did go down in the spirit and every disease left her body. Now, that's amazing. So what happened? Well, Chloe encountered the Father. There was a moment of security and identity. And in that moment, she was like, wow, my earthly father did not represent God. And so I was wrong about God. I was wrong about God the Father. And so it'd be really easy for Chloe to be like, Dwayne, you're wrong. You and your Jesus thing, that's like yesterday's Christianity. It's all about the Father. Because Chloe's encounter with the Father was what changed her life. And she went into this season of more and more encounters with the Father, understanding about the Father, and she'll talk about it next week, um, about an encounter she had even this week with the Father and His fathering of us. And then there's other people I know who are like, whoa, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Or Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God. And they, they, they'll acknowledge Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you made a way for the Spirit of God, who we're really interested in because he does stuff. Do you see where I'm doing? We need to understand the word is perichoresis in the Greek. Yeah, you did. Well done. Perichoresis is a word that defines the love and existence of the three persons of the Trinity. Perichoresis defines that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are the same essence, is the theological word. They are the, the, some people say same substance, that can be misunderstood, especially as Jesus came as a man, but he's no longer a man, he's got a body, and is he a man, is he spirit? The word perichoresis is actually used for how Jesus' divinity and his humanity come together as well, but that's just a side. That one was for free. Anyway, 
This perichoresis of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is not just about how much they love each other, and it's perfect love. They perfectly love each other, and they perfectly receive that love from each other. Perichoresis actually defines that without that love, they wouldn't exist. So there is a a, a continual, perpetual existence of the Trinity that is based on the relationship between the Trinity. Now, if you want to go theological about it, and I'm sorry if I'm losing some people, don't slap yourself. Yeah, well done, Natasha. Don't slap yourself. It's really important that we understand that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, but that they are three persons. And so going back to my start, which I wasn't going to start with, if we need to learn the presence of God and the glory of God, because there's no one in this room who's walking into the glory of God without any anxiety or fear in their heart. There's no one. Because he can smite you. Not entirely sure what the word smite means, but it's probably a negative. He could crush you. You deserve death. You deserve eternal damnation. You deserve a whole bunch of stuff. But Jesus... And so we need Jesus, but Jesus leads us to the Father. The Father says, listen to Jesus. So all of you who are segmented in your Christianity, just listen to this little flow. You need Jesus. Everyone say, I need Jesus. Jesus is representing the Father. See you later. See you later, Jesus. I'm off to the Father. And the Father says, here's my son, whom I dearly beloved. Listen to him. Oh, all right. Later, Father. I'm back to Jesus. Jesus says, One's coming who is greater than I. Greater? In equality? And perpetual mutual existence? Who's that? The Holy Ghost. Okay. Let's look for the guy in a white cloak. No. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost. The Holy Spirit is a person. And Jesus says, listen to the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. I need truth. Let's go to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will guide you into truth about the Father and Jesus. And the Father's saying, you need the Holy Spirit. Okay. And the Holy Spirit's saying, go to Jesus. This is who Jesus is. Okay. And Jesus is saying, I'm representing the Father. Okay. Let's talk about the Father. And you end up in this perpetual, continual perichoresis of love and existence that you shouldn't be able to live or exist without. And so here's 2023, people. I want us to be a people, a body who's running after not Jesus exclusively, not the Father exclusively, not the Holy Spirit exclusively, but exclusively God. Have you seen the shack? People got really upset with the shack because they were like, that's not accurate theology. It wasn't supposed to be. Just putting it out there. It's a book. But the one thing I did like, the one thing I did like was when the guy, Mac, is speaking to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit already has knowledge of what Mac said to Jesus in the last scene. And he's like, how would you know? They are one. And some of us get in a right pickle trying to figure out the Trinity. The Scriptures which is where we start. We don't start with church history. We don't start with other people's opinions. We start with the Word of God. The Word of God says we can have a relationship 
with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're supposed to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But interestingly, in the Greek, those three are split. Baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It's not baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as if they were one. But they are one. But there's three. So you're like, all right, what do I do? (laughs) Sounds great. What do you want me to do? I want you to investigate a relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Too many people have looked at the Son and said, thank you for my salvation and forgot that he's the lover of our souls. This isn't just like a thank you, Jesus, you're the means to the end. You're the way only. He is the way to the Father, but he's the way and he's the lover of our souls. It's not one or the other, it's both. And so we don't find Jesus and then disappear for the rest of our lives with the Father. No, no, no. We stay with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. And this circle of love that is found, the other word is circumcision. It's a a Hebrew name for the Greek perichoresis. But it literally means the mutual reciprocity, the mutual existence, reciprocal existence. But we're invited into that. And that's the take-home message. You don't have to understand everything about the Trinity. You have to walk into that love relationship. Why don't you stand if you can? Heavenly Father, we choose to repent right now for any way that we have misunderstood, misjudged, and got it wrong in our relationship with you, triune, Trinitarian, full God. In any way that we've not even known that we could have a relationship with Jesus, we could have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I was talking to God this week and I was like, I want to know, I've got testimonies of Jesus. I was having communion with Chloe and Jesus literally manifested and I had a visitation of Jesus. He walked in front of me and he served Chloe and I, Jesus. I've never, I'll never forget that moment. I'll be marked by that moment forever. And I've got, I've got testimonies of the Holy Spirit stopping me breathing. I've got testimonies of the Holy Spirit where I flew through the air with a power injection. I've got testimonies of the Holy Spirit where I had a baptism of fire. And I said to God, I'm not, I can't think of any testimonies of the Father. And he said, every moment I've protected you. Every moment I provided for you. Every moment you understood who you were in Christ. That is my identity as a Father releasing it into you. And I'm like, wow. And I realised... And here's, here's, my, here's how I'm going to end. And I want to invite you into this moment because somewhere in what I'm about to say, I'm hoping the Holy Spirit will pull you into your encounter. I realized that I had marked moments with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but I was living continually with the Father. And the Father challenged me this week. And this is just me being vulnerable in front of you. The Father challenged me this week. I'm supposed to have marked moments with the Father as well. And I'm supposed to live continuously with the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father. And I, in my journey, had segmented slightly the Trinitarian idea. 
We're not supposed to segment him. We're supposed to know that he is all one. But there is an invitation here today. For everyone that's at home, there's an invitation today to expand your experience of God, to expand your knowledge of God, to stretch your understanding of God. And if that's you, if you want and you feel like you're ready to move from where you're at, and it's not moving from one to the other, it's adding. It's adding. It's adding. If that's you, then just come to the front. And I don't think anyone's going to be praying for you, not, certainly not to start with. I just want you to say to Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Yahweh, Jehovah God, what it is that you are hungry for in your experiential relationship with God. For, so for some of you, it'll be like, I need to experience the Father. For some of you, I want to experience the Holy Spirit. What does it look like to experience Jehovah Jireh? What does it look like to experience the Prince of Peace? What does it look like to experience the Good Shepherds? Every one of us has a need that the Father wants to meet today in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't be shy, guys. Just come forward. If you're coming forward, come forward. Don't get stuck in corridors. Father, would you reveal yourself to us? Jesus Christ of Nazareth, would you reveal yourself to us? Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, Spirit of adoption, Spirit of wisdom, Spirit of power, Spirit of might, would you reveal yourself? to us. And for those of you who are at the front, I'm going to encourage you, other than God, I'm desperate for this piece of you, this element of your character, this element of your name, this element of your person, don't pray, don't pray in tongues, just allow Him to speak to you because this is you receiving revelation of who he is for those at home drop to your knees right now ask the father to reveal himself ask the spirit to reveal himself ask the son to reveal himself don't lose the moment don't waste the opportunity I just felt all, as I've been preaching, that the spirit of revelation is in the room. The spirit of revelation is in the room. We need this revealed to us. It's not cognitive knowledge. It's not just a word. It's not just a fact. We need it revealed to us. Holy Spirit, you've said you would lead us into all truth. 
and you would take everything that Jesus has said and you would make it known to us. Would you make it known to us now? And I just saw a picture of you who were responding to, there was like, your heart was reaching out to Him right now. And we need to kind of catch a balance here between desperation and hopelessness. That we need to be desperate, but desperate knowing that He responds to this prayer. Desperate in knowledge, not desperate in hopelessness. Desperate in truth and biblical hope. So reach out to him now. I had a father heart moment. I had a revelation of the father, even as we were having worship today. We just got before him and he spoke. And I'm like, I'm going to embrace this moment. I'm going to hold on to this truth and I am going to live based on what God has just spoken to me. Just push into him right now. It's really easy to get distracted. It's really easy to, like you you had a picture, you had a scripture and you can move on from that place. But I just want to encourage you, don't move on. Dig deeper into that moment. Like if if you just heard the words or you got a scripture that indicated, I am the lover of your soul, then ask questions of him. Step deeper into that revelation. One of the fathers of Israel, one of the top three guys, literally wouldn't let go until he was blessed by God. And just let me pray over you and declare a few things over you. And I just pray, I just pray spirit of wisdom and revelation. I just pray spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of our hearts would be open up. And as I was standing back there, I was actually uh, asking the Lord, what's going on? What's going on? And he just brought me into this moment based on the preach and on the song that Dwayne was singing before. Like when Moses went up to that mountain, like that was a privilege. That was before Jesus. Like you were not allowed to do that. And it's just such a privilege, such a privilege that the King of the universe, that the Lord of Lords would allow us in our imperfect nature, in our imperfect state to stare at the beauty of the King. And and God was just saying, like, don't take that for granted. Like, you're allowed. Like, now with the blood of Jesus and everything that he has done for us, like, we just go. We just go before the throne and we just go before the Father and we just go before Jesus because he is the high priest that made the way for us that we could not have done it for ourselves. And he did it like he did it. He did not deserve to die the horrible death he did. And he did it because of us. And he empowers us with the Holy Spirit. It's like beautiful. 
this beautiful triangle. So I just pray right now that this year will be a year of wisdom, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And if you can put the, the, your hands on your heart, Father, we just pray right now that the eyes of our hearts will be open. God, we do not take you for granted. Jesus, we worship you. We honor the sacrifice that you made on that cross for us. And Holy Spirit, we just say yes. And we just, we are so grateful that you empower us, that you empower us to walk the way that Jesus did upon this earth. And Father, we just want to get to know you. Father, may we be the people that have wisdom and revelation to reveal the kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is not mere words, but demonstration of spirit and of power. So I just pray that this demonstration of spirit and of power will be marked in our hearts this year. And I just shake. I just shake and I just rebuke every single thing that has been lying to you in your minds. And I need to do this. I need to do that. It's because I didn't do this. It's because I didn't do that. Those lies stop right now in Jesus' name. And I just bless you to go up into that mountain because the invitation is not only for Moses now, it's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's to open up to everybody. So Lord, we just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now here's the homework. Well, two bits of homework. One, spend more time with him. That's the homework. But the second bit of homework is an intentionality of your heart. If you know that you need to grow and you would like to grow in the revelation of the Holy Spirit, then I want you to seek out people who have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that is stronger than yours or more longer than yours or whatever it may be. They just know, seem to know Him better than you do. Same with the Father, same with Jesus. And I want you to seek those people out. Now, Hear me very clearly. You are not allowed to stalk these people. But you are allowed to ask them, would you just lay a hand on me and release what you have in your relationship? And the other thing on that, to be, one was spend more time. Two was get an impartation from people that are ahead of you in this area. To be is to investigate and ask people where would you be strongest if, in, if you had to if you had to talk about your relationship with the Trinity where would you be strongest and they'll be like oh I think probably Jesus I think I'm strongest in Jesus like, alright lay a hand on me yeah no yeah alright so go up to a CO and say CO where would you say you were strongest Father, Son or Holy Spirit Probably the Father. Probably the Father. Come on. If the person answers you, oh, I don't know, I really don't think strong in any of them, then just send them to the ministry team. Because all of us are ahead in one area or another. If they say all three, then you definitely want the hand on your head and an impartation from that person. Does that make sense? Be intentional because it's very easy to talk about it, but we have to move into it. We have to actually experience this and we have to live like this so that, because I really believe the glory is coming. And some of us are like, oh, it was glorious in the worship or it's glorious there, here, there and everywhere. Actually, none of us really have experienced that glory. We want more. 
Let's talk to Dwayne before Christmas. We want more. We're not, like, we love what we do, but we're not happy with where we're at. I want to be in a room where the walls are falling down because of the glory of God. I want the fire. We've got a friend, an Anglican church in um, Jersey, who the fire brigade came because a next door neighbor had seen men carrying balls of fire and walking into the church. And two fire engines came because it was an arson attack. But it wasn't. It was God and angels coming into the church. I'm looking for that. You talk to John and Carol about 94 in Toronto, people could not move. Apparently on the Ottawa Times, which is the number one newspaper in the capital of Canada, there is a picture of one of our friends with his hand out and a person levitating on the other end of their hand. And the, the newspaper title was The Power Is Real. Secular newspaper. I have seen my wife fly through the air towards a tent pole. And in midair, she went round the tent pole. I'm up for that, are you? I want more. I want to experience his glory. I love his presence. But just like Moses, we're moving on in his presence, seeking more of his glory. Amen. I've run over.